You're listening to the Enneagram Guide podcast with your host, Angie Meyer, where every week Enneagram enthusiasts just like you listen, grow, and connect to authenticity through the wisdom of the Enneagram. Hello, this is episode two, all about wings. And I'm going to also talk at the end a little bit about how I became an Enneagram coach, in case you might be interested. But mostly, we're going to talk about wings today. Wings are so important and very misunderstood, especially by beginners. But even a lot of advanced Enneagram enthusiasts, I think, misunderstand wings because they think wings are only about personality type, but they are so much more. I cannot wait to get into it. Wings, uh, if you are new to the Enneagram, Wings are the two numbers that are directly next to your primary number. So when you're figuring out your Enneagram type, there are three components that you really have to understand. The first component is your core type. So that would be your type one through nine. You might be, if you hear me say I'm a type five, that is my core type. So that's the one that is most commonly discussed is people's core type. The next thing that really goes into your type that you actually have to figure out and determine yourself is your wing. That's something no one can tell you. You have to decide what your wing is. And that's what we're talking about today in this episode. The third thing that you have to decide for yourself is your subtype. So those three decisions inform all of the typing part of the Enneagram. There, we're not going to talk about subtype today. In fact, I'm not going to talk about it for a while on this podcast, but I certainly will discuss it. And if you have a lot of questions about subtypes that you need help with immediately, you can always direct message me at Enneagram underscore guide. I am on Instagram. I am always there. And I love when people message me with their um, Enneagram questions. It's so fun. So those three things are going to help you. The subtype, the wing, and the core type are going to help you really paint a clear picture of your personality using the Enneagram wisdom. Wings have two purposes. There are two purposes Number one is more of a typology, and that means it informs your personality type, just like your core type does. And number two is a growth path. So the first thing we're going to talk about today on this podcast is how a wing can inform your personality type, so the typology portion of the wing information. Every number on the Enneagram has two wings. So I need you to imagine, you can just pull it up on the internet. I personally, whenever I'm listening to a podcast, am listening when I'm driving or walking and pulling things up online is annoying. So if you have easy access to pulling up a picture online, do it. But if you don't, I'm going to describe what the Enneagram looks like. It is a circle and 
the numbers of the Enneagram go one through nine in that order. So one touches two, touches three, touches four, touches five, touches six, touches seven, touches eight, touches nine, and nine and one touch. That's important because it's a circle that goes all the way around and nine and one meet each other and they touch. So you could be an Enneagram one with a wing of a nine, even though they're not directly next to each other numerically on the Enneagram drawing, they are next to each other. The important thing to know about wings, and this is the big mistake that a lot of people make, is your wing can only be one of the two numbers touching your core type. For example, I'm a type five, so my wings can only be a four or a six because five touches four and six on the Enneagram drawing circle. So another example, if someone was a three, then their wings could only be a two or a four because those are touching on the Enneagram circle. I'm going to give you one more example, which is a type one. A type one can have a wing of a nine or a wing of a two because they're touching on the Enneagram circle. And those are just three examples, but there's a, obviously all core numbers, numbers one through nine, have two wings. And those two wings are the ones that are touching that number on the circle. And so that's just an image for you to help you out if you happen to be driving and you don't already know what the Enneagram looks like. So a lot of the big thing that happens is people will take a quiz, a free online quiz, and it'll show them, oh, you're, you have a lot of four and you have a lot of five and you also have a lot of eight and a lot of one. And they would think, oh, well, because maybe my higher numbers are five and one, I'm a five wing one. That's really common. Or I have a high score in eight and three, so I must be an eight wing three. That can never happen. When utilizing the Enneagram, your wings are only the two numbers that are touching. So an eight can't have a wing of three. A five can't have a wing of one. There are many reasons why you would have a high score. Let's say you're an eight. You would have a high score in eight and in three, even though they don't touch. Many reasons. Because we are all numbers on the Enneagram. Those are all personality characteristics that are within us. And our goal is to embody all of the characteristics on the Enneagram in their highest, most authentic ways. So if you are embodying more than just your wings, that makes sense. And there's things like tri-types and there's things like stress and growth arrows, or I call them inner child and future self arrows. And all of those interconnect the whole Enneagram. So if you're taking a quiz online, well, first of all, those aren't the most reputable sources. Second of all, if you're getting a high score or you're really identifying with numbers that don't touch, 
it does not mean that that's a bad thing. It means that you're interacting with a lot more components of the Enneagram than other people, which is wonderful because like I said, that goal is to embody all nine types. So I think we are all clear after I have explained that, that no one is going to say that, oh, I'm a four wing one. Nobody is going to say that. Your wings touch your core number and that's just the way it is. And there's a lot more to learn if you're identifying with numbers that are not your wings. A lot of questions about wings that come up. A big one is, can wings change? Yes, they can. Wings are, when we're talking about them as a personality typing tool, wings are kind of complicated. They can change at different times in your life. They could literally change from day to day. I am a five, so my wing options are four and six. And normally for me, I'm leaning on my four, but I could experience something that really takes me into six and I could flip flop that from day to day. I could, it could change from one season of life. Like maybe I'm having a really stressed out season of life. And so I'm leaning a lot on my six or I'm feeling very emotional. So I'm leaning a lot on my four that can happen. So it could be for four months at a time, I'm leaning on one wing and then I switch to the other. That can happen. Sometimes you don't really identify with either of your wings when you're looking at your personality type. That can happen too. We can be sort of unaware of the traits that our wings are placing on us. So sometimes that's just something that's background noise in our minds. And you might be, let's say, a type one, and that would mean your wings are nine and two. And you might be like, oh, I don't identify with any of that. That's fine. And that happens to people sometimes. It just takes a little bit of digging a little deeper to really see that connection. And sometimes you can feel like you're a balance of both. So me being a core type five, I could feel like I have a lot of four and a lot of six. I could feel an even balance of both wings. And sometimes your wing is so strong that it totally can or it can almost totally eclipse your core type. That actually happens to me personally. I have such a strong, I identify so much with so many traits of the four that sometimes it eclipses my actual core type, which made it really difficult for me to figure out my Enneagram type. And that can happen. So if you're really identifying with the type and you don't know if it's your core type or if it's just a super strong wing, like in my case, you have to go back and look at those core motivations because the core motivations really are the way you figure out your type. And I do have a printout of that. I'll link it in the show notes for you. It's just a downloadable listing of all the core motivations. So you can reference that very quickly and easily right all right here in the podcast. And knowing those wings is really going to help 
with your Enneagram journey and give you a lot more coloring to understand how your personality type is affected by those wings and how your core type is affected by those wings. Now I want to talk about wings and how they work as a growth tool. Like I said earlier in this podcast, wings operate as a personality typing component or a typology, and they also operate as a growth tool. The wings operate as a growth tool in a way that we have special access to the two numbers that can be our wings. So I, for example, am a five wing four. You're really going to know that after this podcast because I keep telling you that. I'm a five wing four. And that means that I can learn, I have special access to the information to really embodying or integrating the type four qualities, which are sort of like being comfortable with holding space for people when they're in really dark places or being really creative and imaginative. I have a special ability as a five to tap into that energy. I also have a potential to go to the low side of that energy, which is being moody and envious and getting stuck in dark places and feeling a lot of disappointment and shame. I could go either way, which means that being a five, part of my growth path is to learn how to embody the high side of four and learn that when those low side, that low side of four, like shame or, or feeling inadequate, when those things come up, I can be aware of that and create strategies to help myself not go into that low side of four. However, even though I'm a five wing four, I can also, and I should also use my six wing because that also informs my growth path. So both wings inform your growth path no matter how you identify. I, being a five, can grow into the high side of six, meaning I can be very loyal, I can be very prepared, those types of things that I can really embody from the high side of six. Or I could go into the, I have kind of special access or potential to go into the low side of six, which would be feeling really, really intense anxiety and worrying constantly about outcomes and getting stuck in that worry. Both of those things are potentials for me being a five. Now, of course, those are potentials kind of for anybody, but those have a lot of extra weight for me because that is my wing. And so it is my growth path to learn how to go to the high side of six and how to really process those emotions that come with the low side of six. Sometimes people, I know a few people who really wouldn't identify with their wings and, or at least one of their wings. And so let me talk about a type eight, for example, a type eight has a wing of seven and also has a wing of nine. Let's just imagine this fictitious person who's a type eight 
And they, this type eight really identifies with their type seven. They like really see themselves having a lot of fun and enjoying life and being very excitable. However, this type eight doesn't care much for harmony and even moving into a growth path of figuring out harmony and collaboration, that sounds ridiculous to them. They would never want to do that because that's not a high priority to them and it would be very hard. So that means that that type eight, even though they have special access to grow into the type nine, they also feel a special type of resistance. If you feel resistance to either of your wings, being that those are now that you know growth paths for you, that can be perfectly normal because we have complicated relationships with our wings. I feel like I have a really complicated relationship with both four and six. In some ways, I can access them very easily, but in some ways, I have a great big sense of um, fear or like I don't even, I almost can't even understand those components of my personality. And that's really part of the growth path of the wings. Now, that was a lot of information about wings and a lot of really important information that I think can help, especially beginners. So none of us are ever, ever, ever going to say that we are a four wing seven. No one here is going to say that. We have it figured out. And now I'm going to talk a little bit about how I became an Enneagram coach and just the journey that I've taken to get me here. I do a lot of other things than host this podcast, but this podcast is a huge passion of mine and this Enneagram work and coaching that I do. And so I really appreciate you listening to it and giving me feedback and connecting with me at on Instagram at Enneagram underscore guide. I think that that is so fun and it brings a lot of joy um, to my life, especially being a type five where sometimes I can hermit out. So I love connecting with people over the Enneagram. In addition to running this business, I am an art teacher, and that gives me a lot of excellent time off in the summer for me to work on this business. And I'm also an artist. Pottery is my favorite form of artistic expression. I can't wait until we start talking about subtypes because it can be a little bit unusual for a five to be so creative and sometimes so emotional. And so when we talk about five as a subtype, my artistic sort of personality will make a lot more sense. But ceramics and pottery, that is my favorite thing. I do paint, but I really love ceramics and pottery. And for a long time, I was a high school pottery teacher, and that was amazing. And that is really an experience that took me to the point where I became an Enneagram coach. So let me explain. When I was teaching high school pottery, I taught a lot of kids more than just pottery. I worked with a lot of kids about planning for their futures, even though that wasn't my job, because I was just so concerned. I didn't want anyone to be spending money on college when they didn't need it. Me being a millennial, I definitely went to college and I probably could have just started my Enneagram business like right out of high school and just started learning about the Enneagram. But instead, I went to college and learned about art. And that was a very exciting thing for me. And that was really fun, but also very expensive. 
and college has only gotten more expensive. So I really didn't want these high school students that I taught to do the same thing and make the same mistakes. So I became invested in helping them figure out their career goals. And I did that for a long time. And in the summer, I think it was like the summer of COVID, I decided to start my own business doing career coaching. And specifically for teenagers at that time, I, because I was so concerned and they just, it was a space in the academic field in education that they just weren't getting enough support. I quickly realized that people really wanted me to tell them how to get a job, what job they needed, and give them exactly the step-by-step on that tangible goal, which I totally understand. I'm all about tangible things. I'm really logical and calculated as a type five is. However, what they needed was clarity on who they were as a person. Every single person that I helped, even when I was just a high school pottery teacher, the deeper work, the inner work, was the key to finding success in life. And that has been true for me. And that has been true for everybody that I know. It's just sometimes hard to do that inner work because we really like to see the tangible results. And it's hard to dive inward and start healing from the inside. And it's so frustrating because that's actually how we get those tangible results is healing from within. But nobody, when I was doing my coaching, my career coaching business, nobody was really interested in doing that. It took too much time. And so for that reason, I made a big shift into just working through the lens of the Enneagram because I only want to work with people who are willing to do the deep inner work. I've been doing deep inner work for a long time and I understand that resistance because I had it. And I was like, oh, I want to, you know, have a different job or I want to have a different house. I want to have these tangible goals met. But really what I needed to do was the deep inner work to make those tangible goals happen. And through the Enneagram, that has been my favorite tool of inner work. I will talk to you about all the inner work healing tools that I have used because there's so many. And I think a lot of them pair beautifully with the Enneagram. But the Enneagram was just such an eye-opener for me personally. And anyone that I've helped since I decided that I'm only working through the lens of the Enneagram has found it so transformative. And for me, it was too. It helped me become aware of behaviors that I didn't realize I had. It helped me see a specific growth path. And it really has helped me accomplish a lot of things in my life, knowing how to communicate also with other Enneagram types. It does feel a little bit like being called out, especially when you have to look at the darker or lower sides of your Enneagram type and you realize that you have these behaviors that you're not necessarily proud of. It can feel like that. It felt like that for me. But also it can feel like finding yourself, like your true authentic self and being able to connect with it and getting serious clarity on what you want, which is for me an incredible feeling. And that's why I think it's been so transformative for the people who I have coached or the friends and family members that I have um, sort of forced into being interested in the Enneagram. 
And so that's what I do all my work through. I still love making art. I still love teaching people. And I love helping people find career clarity, but only through the lens of the Enneagram. Because that inner work is what's so important to me and where I see people have true transformation. And a few other just extra fun things about me um, to paint a picture of the type of person that I am. I have a really small family. So it's just me and my husband and my two dogs. They are so cute. I love animals and I especially particularly love dogs because those are the pets that I have. Um, And so if you like animals too, you should definitely follow me on Instagram and check out pictures that I like to, or stories or whatever that I put up of my pets because they're so cute. Their names are Sasha and Valkyrie. They're really big, fluffy dogs. I live in the Midwest and I have for a long time. I've lived a few other places in my life, but mostly I keep coming back to the Midwest because my whole family is here and this is where I grew up. And real estate is very inexpensive compared to other places here. I also love being an artist. I love talking about art. So if you are also an artist listening to this, you should definitely connect with me and just show me your work because it's so much fun. And that's not really, art isn't something I talk about that much on this podcast because it's about the Enneagram, but I do love to talk about it. So just something I do in my personal life. And that is a lot of information that I have just shared about me and my life and my story. And you know, I'm a type five. So sharing all that information takes a lot of energy out of me, but I'm happy to share it with you. And I'm so excited that I got to talk to you all about wings. I can't wait for the future episodes that we're going to dive deeper into each type. You are going to love learning about those types and definitely listen, even if it's not your type, because your growth path, like we just learned about talking about these wings, there are so many growth paths that utilize other types. So you're just going to want to know. A few offerings that I have, I have some typing sessions. So if you are still unsure about your type or you want to learn about your subtype or you want to get some clarity on what you think your wing situation is, or you want to really get dive into your growth path, I have some typing sessions and I will put a link in the show notes for you to sign up for those. Those are one-on-one video sessions that I do for people. So you can check out that information. Also, if you have not downloaded that core motivations guide, I really, really would. That's that free downloadable guide that I created for you that has a list of all the core motivations. That's in there too. And I also have a collaboration with a friend, a a psychologist friend of mine that I'm doing. And I don't have all the details to pop into the show notes this week, but I will certainly keep you informed of that. It is really fun. I love collaborating with other people. All right. I hope you enjoyed the show and I can't wait to talk to you next week.